Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The View, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the <laughs> left of me, as always, hey, John. Is my co-host and cohort, Victor Man, it's always, always fun to be here, and, and I'm just ready for the next kind of, like, episode, man. Me too, man. Well, I bet, are you trying to tell me to hurry up? Is that what no, I'm just saying, like, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I know we, I know a little bit about what's going on. So, yeah, but book, the Book of Acts is always, I've always loved that book. So, Yeah, well, yeah. I think it's one that we look past a lot. You right. know, we, we tend to go to the Gospels, you know, because yeah. we want to hear directly from Christ, and that's wonderful. We should. We should always be in the Gospels every day. Um, but yeah, Acts is, is sometimes skipped over. It's kind of jammed between, you know, the end of the gospels and then, you know, the beginning of Paul's letters and all these things. And man, it's really one of the most powerful parts of the Bible. And we're going to talk about that some today. Um, first, I just want to tell everybody, we've got a lot of upcoming events in August, uh, August the 5th and 6th. We're going to be at Holy Family in Brentwood, Tennessee for our restored Pierce mission. We're also going to be starting a men's group there. So come out. Uh, there was actually a, a, a article written on it in the Tennessee Register that somebody mm. sent me today about it. So, yeah, come out and join us, uh, male or female. The, the, the uh, mission is for both. And then, of course, the men's group is for men, but we're going to be training those leaders that afternoon. Um, the next weekend, I'm going on a retreat in the North Georgia Mountains. The weekend after that, we're going to be at the uh, Christ in You Men's Conference in Beaumont, Texas. That's on the 20th going to be speaking with Ryan Delacrosse and Father Mark Toops and a bunch of people down there. So if you're a guy in that area, come out and see us. And then the final weekend of the month, we're going to be in Wichita Falls, Texas at Sacred Heart for a restored Pierce mission and to start a group there with Deacon Manny. So if you're in any of those areas, come out and see us. The next thing I really just want to do is I want to invite the people listening uh, to come on mission with us. You know, Victor, I went to that healing week, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago at the JP2 Healing Center and really just Man, it really helped me refocus on why the Lord wanted me to start this ministry, why he asked me to start this ministry. And, you know, it wasn't ever to be some famous guy on YouTube right. or or a famous podcaster or any of that stuff. It was to go and, and to help people find what we found in sure. our men's group, right? And and looking back at my own struggles in my own life, the loneliness, the addictions, the vices I fell prey to, um, walking away from the Lord and living for myself, um, I know there's so many people that are walking in that way and so many men out there. And, you know, here lately, just through prayer and a lot of um, other people, God speaking through other people to me, Bart Schutz, Dr. Bob, Father Malachi, some of the guys I talked about last week, and some other friends in my life have really just called me back to this sort of, you know, Pauline mission, if I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the correct term. But really, it's what I felt like in my heart a lot is St. Paul, like to go and that call of the Lord to go and start community in places. And so that's what I feel like the Lord wants us to do. And so I'm inviting everybody to come on mission with us. You know, the people that are listening, the, the world needs this. I mean, we've, we've looked at numbers in a couple of dioceses just in our region, and it's ridiculous. Less, less than 12 to 14% of a lot of parishes in these dioceses total have anything for men's ministry. Anything spiritual. I mean, other than Knights of Columbus, some of the things right. we have there service-wise, but just a spiritual group for men, for men to come and authentically know each other, to authentically come into a relationship with Jesus, uh, to share in their faith and their successes and failures. So many of our parishes don't have that. I mean, they just don't. And and I feel like the Lord has put that call in our heart and given us the ability through starting groups and, and, and being in them for years in our own parish to go and do that. So you know, don't look at this as supporting some guy giving a podcast, right, or doing a YouTube channel. 
you want to give, go on mission with us to go and change the lives of men around the country by giving them a place to go and call their own, where they can leave the mask at the door, where they can be real, where they can find real friends and real transformation in their life. If you want to go on that mission, which is the mission God is sending us on with us, then by all means do. You can do that at, by donating to us or by praying. First of all, pray for us. We need the prayers. But by donating, all those funds go to what we need to do to do that, to redo our website so that the mission is clearly put out there, that there is, a, there is an issue, that there is a need. And then we can fulfill that in our ministry the way we've been doing in these groups around this first year. So, guys, if you want to give to that, if you want to go on mission with us, we invite you to. And you can do that by going to donorbox.org pew. There's all sorts of levels there you can donate. Those monthly contributions really help. They allow us to do the things that we need to do month in and month out to be able to get out there to allow more parishes and dioceses to know what we're doing so we can go and create places for men to become better men, to become the men that God always created them to be. I know we can do that with your help, so I invite you all to come on mission with us. Victor just felt the need, you know, in the spirit moving me to share that today in a different light than maybe what we've done in the past. Is just really feel like the Lord's calling mm-hmm. us to do this, and this is the reason we exist. Well, I think it's important for, for men to have a place where they could be authentic, and that's sure. what we're trying to establish and or help uh, bring to uh, all the dioceses and then unto their parishes. So, right, and as, as the church, we're supposed to be on mission, mm-hmm. and as an apostle, I feel like that's what this mission is for this apostle is to go out and to start men's groups, to train leaders, and to do the things that just aren't really being done in a lot of places in the church. So doesn't mean we're special. just means the Lord is, mm-hmm. is giving us some insight, some abilities we just said, to do that. We just said yes. Right. That's all we That's did. exactly right. right. So love the podcast, love mm-hmm. the YouTube channel, all that. But our mission is to go out and to build places for men so they can find what we found, a second chance in life, whatever it may be, to go and be the men that God called mm-hmm. them to be. So everybody, thank you for listening to that. Again, you can go to our website or you can go to donorbox.org pew and become a monthly donor there and go on mission with us to help bring men back to the Lord and to the faith. So it's funny we, that we, I mentioned that. It wasn't on purpose, but really with the topic we're going to talk about today, it's going to fit in well. Um, you know, Victor, I want to go back to the JP2 Healing Week. You know, I was texting back and forth with Dr. Bob today. Ave Maria Press sent me uh, a new version of his book. It's not a new version, but his Be Healed book. They now have a 10-day retreat hmm. to be healed. Do you, would you, do you want to be healed the way the words of Jesus? But you have a 10-day uh, retreat that's this book now to go on with him. So I show up in the mail today, and I texted him and said, apparently these people don't know that we know each other because yeah. <laughs> they're asking if they want me to, if, if I want them to introduce me and maybe I could have you on the show even though we're friends and stuff. He started laughing at it. But I really started looking back at that week. And, you know, I said last week when we were talking about self-reliance on that, there'd be two episodes really based on that experience. And, you know, the other experience of the week that I had was just the power of the Holy Spirit, man. And I don't think we talk about that in our church enough. Like, I remember Jay, you know, the guy that, that helped start the, our men's group with me that actually asked me to start it when, when he had gone to confession that day for the first time in 16 years at that men's conference. He's like, why do I feel this way? And I said, it's the Holy Spirit, right? You've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And he's like, I'm cradle Catholic. I know God and I know Jesus. I don't know yeah. anything about the Holy Spirit. And I wonder often if that's not the case for a lot of our church. You know, like we, we sit around and we wonder why people aren't coming back to church. You know, COVID didn't help with anything by any means. In a lot of ways, it exposed that some people may just go, eh, mm-hmm. I hadn't had the Eucharist in four months, five months, half a year, a year, and nothing in my life's changed. And it begs the question, do we really believe? Right? Do we really believe in our faith? Do we really believe in the words of Jesus Christ and take them for what they are and believe every word that he said? 
Because that's what we're called to do as Christians, mm-hmm. right? We're not called to choose and pick and be relative and make the truth relative to us. We're supposed to be all in on what our Lord taught us. And one of those things is that he has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, as when I was at the JP2 Healing Center, you know, I got so caught up in all this stuff we're doing for the ministry and putting out podcasts and all these things and going to church and checking boxes just like so many of us do. But, man, I had a week to be immersed in something that, quite honestly, I'm ashamed to say this, but I had an experience since I was in the Baptist church. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? We have so many gifts here in the Catholic church, but what I experienced in that week was like, man, people exploding with their faith. Hours of praise and worship music. And it, look, if you're one of the traditionalists music-wise, please don't yell at me and send no, me an email about I am. that. Sorry. Yeah, There's I a- am too. <laughs> I like organ music, and That's I like right. chant. But, but the thing is, I get where you're going yeah. is that is that sometimes we need to kind of some people can get deep in their faith by by the by listening to Gregorian chant or yeah. organ music, which is great. But other people might need another different level right. to get to there. And and I've been to like youth groups where we did praise and worship, and sure. there was something profound going on. Yeah, you couldn't describe it, but you knew something was well, in it's, the it's air, the electricity. Their whole hearts. Yeah, electricity yeah. in the air, something happening, and and you feel like you're contained in in something that's. That's unexplainable. Right. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. Yeah, the hair on your arm standing up, you're high. That's (laughs) that's why it's so difficult. Even the Trinity of the Holy Spirit, or doctrine doctrine of the uh, Trinity, is very convoluted. Because we know the Father, we know the Son, we know the the Holy Spirit's the love that exists between the two, but we don't know how. Right. right? (laughs) We don't know how they all fit together. You know, we don't know how that all. and, And that's what we just have to be faithful to knowing that. God has something that we're not ready to fully comprehend, yeah. but then we're, we're able to like see it, the evidence of it, wherever it's here on earth or in heaven, yeah. then we'll be like, you know, it'll, it'll be fully embraced in some form. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, I go back to the retreat center where I was staying and like come in and hear this beautiful music and like mm-hmm. <laughs> go down there. And it's not even really about the type of music other than people knew the words and how to sing it, but. It was just people sitting there in front of the monstrance, right? In front of the Eucharist, in front of our Lord, like on their knees with hands up in the air, just praying, right? And, and people may be going, oh, this charismatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's weird and people call that weird, sign me up, man, because Whoa. it was awesome. Well, that, and, yeah. and people were, I mean, just hours on end experiencing our Lord in a different way. And, you know, during that week, I, like I said, I saw people physically healed, emotionally healed, spiritually healed. Just things that we don't think are possible. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about wounds so much on this podcast, but when you see somebody actually, the Lord takes somebody through using people as facilitators and intercessors to break down barriers and walls in somebody that they don't even realize that that a wound goes back so far when they let that go, they get physical healing out of it. Like it blows your mind when you mm-hmm. see this and it begs the question, why don't we see more of it? And that's what led me to date is like, do we really believe? Because when I was down there, you know, Dr. Bob was uh, was teaching in the morning, and then Bart would come in and teach more on the power of the Holy Spirit in the, in the early church. And one, things he, one thing he said that, like, I just will never forget, as he said, I believe that we don't see signs and wonders like we did in the book of Acts because we simply don't believe it's possible. And, man, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean we don't believe it's possible? But we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe... And Catholicism, we believe in all this stuff, but do we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, do we? Because those people believed. And when the, when the Spirit descended on them on Pentecost, man, they blew the doors open. They went from being scared, hiding in a room, people afraid for their lives, to kicking open the doors and speaking to thousands of people. 
you know, and lives were changed and many things were done. And this wasn't Jesus, the physical person of Jesus on the, on the earth, going around and doing the healing the way that he'd done in the Gospels. These were his followers. These were the people that believed in him. So what's different between now and then? If they could go and heal, if they could go and convert thousands at a time by preaching, if they could go do, what's the difference? And I believe it's because they knew that they had the Holy Spirit. And look, I guarantee people are saying like, well, yeah, they walked with Jesus. They, they literally saw all this stuff. Of course they believe more than we do. We see it too in here, right? This is what, this is the catechism. But the Bible itself, like we see what happened in Scripture. That's what it's for is so that we can live in those events and personalize those events and begin to believe in our own lives, right? And, and so we have to believe in the words that Jesus said and take them for what they were, that he meant what he said, mm-hmm. right? I will rise from the dead. He rose from the dead. Like these things that he said, he meant. He wasn't just here playing around. They weren't metaphors. He wasn't right. going, eh, just kidding. These are things that he that he passed on to us. And one of those things, you know, I'll tell you right off the bat, was from John 14, 12. He says, very truly, or verily, verily, and when Jesus says things like that, it basically means listen up, because what I'm going to say is important. I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I'm going to the Father. So there it is, one who believes in me. Mm-hmm. A key there, you have to actually believe. You can't just show up and go, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, and I go to church, and I go to my groups, and you know, and I say a rosary every once in a while, and all that. No, you have to actually believe in all of this. <laughs> You don't get to just take pieces of it and assemble your own faith over here. It's either believe all of it or believe none of it. And when we do, Jesus says you could do these things. And those original followers of the way, right? They didn't call it Catholicism. It was the way. They were followers of the way. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So they were followers of the way and they believed in Jesus and everything that those apostles taught so that they could go out and do those signs and wonders. And that's why we have a church today. Is because what they were able to do was so overwhelmingly powerful that it changed the lives of everyone that came in contact with it. Yet we sit here and think that we don't have the same right and power to do that. The catechism right here, Victor, says in, in, in uh, 1287 and 1288, guys, bear with me for a minute. I want to read this, and then, Victor, I'm going to be quiet, and I want you to hear your thoughts on this. It says, the fullness of the Spirit was not to remain uniquely the Messiah's. Excuse me, let me start from 1286. In the Old Testament, the prophets announced that the Spirit of the Lord would rest on the hope-for Messiah for his saving mission. The descent of the Holy Spirit on Jesus at his baptism by John was the sign that he was to, who was to come, the Messiah, the Son of God. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit. His whole life and his whole mission are carried out in total communion with the Holy Spirit, whom the Father gives him without measure. Now we go on to 1287. The fullness of the Spirit was not to remain uniquely the Messiah's, but was to be communicated to the whole messianic people, right? That's you and me. We are messianic people. Mm-hmm. We are people who believe in the Messiah. On several occasions, Christ promised this outpouring of the Spirit, a promise which he fulfilled first on Easter Sunday and then more strikingly at Pentecost. So with his resurrection and then by bestowing that on, on the apostles at Pentecost. Filled with the Holy Spirit, the apostles began to proclaim the mighty works of God, and Peter declared this outpouring of the Spirit to be the sign of the messianic age. Those who believed in the apostolic preaching and were baptized received the gift of the Holy Spirit in their turn. We were baptized, Mm -hmm. right? We were given that gift. But so many of us, as I've said on here before, it's like making a a glass of of chocolate milk. You squirt in the chocolate, but you never stir it up, and it winds up being a glob at the bottom. And therefore, we can't do the things that these people in the early church did because we simply haven't stirred that up 
into flame, as St. Paul says, that which is within us. This is what we're called to do. And if we do, then we're going to be able to do these amazing things that the original church and the early church people were able to do. Right. Well, I mean, going off what you're saying, I, I think miracles do happen every day. It's just like, you know, Lords, you know, you go to Lords and you hear all these stories of people who had uh, amazing, like terminal sickness yeah. and were healed. Not, not unfortunately, not all of them were, sure. but those who, who were found healing in the miracle. Um, so things like that do happen. And I think it's like a combination of, of confidence in ourselves gets mixed up with confidence in our faith. And I say that because, you know, me being a chaplain, you know, working in hospitals, VA hospital, children's hospital, I was around death quite often. Yeah. And there was times where I would truly pray for healing, and I didn't know if I was getting in the way or if it was God's will that this person is their, their time. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I would, you know, especially for a child, you really do wish that their life's extended. Oh, sure. Even yeah. in the midst of, of a cancer that the, all the doctors say, Oh, yeah. You know, this is this is this is going to end this way, and and there were times where I was on the the floor with the parents praying for a miracle, and and it didn't come. You know, so it's it's difficult to understand for us. It's like when we put faith into that, and and we we read the 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 acts, we kind of fault ourselves for not being faithful. But what it is, it's like it's just that the spirit had a plan that we weren't supposed to change. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, I, that's how I come across in a sense where where there there's things that we have options that God sets before us. What are you going to do for me? Are you going to think about yourself or think about somebody else? And the miracles that I think we, we focus on, we need to focus on is changing that person's life for that moment to where that eventually they'll learn something to better themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for all of us, we, we think that the miracle has to be grand. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when when it's not grand, we diminish a small miracle sometimes. Sure. And and, you know, I know I'm going on with this, but it's like for all of us to be open to faith. We don't need to harm ourselves in, in our confidence that if something doesn't happen, to what we're asking doesn't mean it's wrong, or incorrect or we're incorrect. It's just that we're not it's not in alignment of of the story well, yeah, the God always unfolding has unfolding of the faith. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I mean for sure, right. God always has a plan. And look, even in the week last week, Doctor Bob and Bart. I mean, Bart shared heartache of mm-hmm. he's been entire weeks of places where priests, you know, were there, and there wasn't a single priest healed. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, there's times where the Father's will is what it is. But my point is really just that we don't believe that we can even do these sort of things, mm-hmm. right? Like, and the reason we don't see more of this stuff, and it it doesn't have to be just massive miracles but i think the the lord wants those type things too right mm-hmm. he wants to see his his words lived out right and his people living those things out i mean that's that's i really believe it's that we have a faith problem i mean jim marconi is a friend of ours you know and and he he's always raising money and he works with the church and all that stuff and he says we don't have a money problem mm-hmm. we have a faith problem right we don't have people that truly honestly believe in what in, in what we're supposed to believe in all yeah. the time. If we had more people that really believe with their whole heart in in the message and the gospel, the charisma, the, the you know, the love story of Jesus Christ, then we wouldn't have a money issue in the church. And I'm not trying to make this about money. I'm just saying I believe we do have a faith problem and you know, cuz just look at it when the early church believed, look what happened. 
you know, Peter preaches to the crowd, right? Right, right afterwards, goes out there and converts thousands. Mm-hmm. I mean, thousands of people from a guy that was scared, you know, for weeks of what was going to happen to him, what was going to happen with him after Jesus left. And then here he is, he comes busting out of there and starts preaching because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. And he believed now that this is what the Lord wanted him to do. And he had the means with which to do it, right? That we have those same means. Then you go and you look and shortly after that, he heals the lame beggar, right? They're walking into uh, Solomon's portico and this beggar saying, please, please help me. And he mm-hmm. says, look at me, look at us. Cause he has yeah. John with him. And he says this, he says, I have no silver and gold, but I give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ. Walk, rise and walk. Now, people may say, well, Peter was the first pope, right? He had, mm-hmm. no, Peter was somebody who believed in Jesus and was and believed in the power that Jesus had bestowed upon him and then was able to go out and live that. He didn't think, there was no thought in his mind, I can't anymore, right? Jesus has told me I can do this. Something has happened. I've been given some sort of power. I'm going to go out and I'm going to use it. And so he did that there. And, and, and you start to hear these things again from Jesus. Mark 16, 17 through 18, he says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, look, I know we can't expect all that to happen. You get bit by a snake, you better go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. right? But, but the thing is, Jesus is trying to make the point here of anybody who believes are going to be able to do things they never thought were possible. Right. And that's what we saw in the early church. You know, what's different about what they were able to do? They believed. Well, well also what you're going off of that is that the, the way of the early church, their culture was so unique because they were promoting humility, mm-hmm. which was such a foreign uh, behave, act of behavior in any person because it was at that time it was always like what's for me and mine. Yeah. You know, and, and what, what the disciples were preaching or showing and living was act not only acts of mercy, but of you're more important. Sure. What do you, what can I what can we do for you? Well, as yeah, a they lived the gospel of Jesus, they which lived, is what he did right. while he was on earth. He he was always and, concerned with others. And that was a miracle of faith, is that they're like, Whoa, these people are blowing my mind. They are looking after people that they're not even related to. Right. I mean, they're feeding people that usually they go hungry. Sure. What's going on? And and people were drawn to this because they were creating these these strong forms of family units to where they were teaching their children and going off and and I think that attracted a lot of people and that's why, you know, the the love of, of Christ mm-hmm. abounded so quickly because it was such a new thought, a new way, sure, a new covenant yeah. that was just spreading across because it taught like authentic love and it did, which is yeah. what all all Jesus, you know, what he taught and what he preached. And mm-hmm. I mean, you like I said, you have to believe in all of it. Right. But I think one of the biggest part of it, though, Victor, was just they were able to do these miraculous things. And it's because they believed like mm-hmm. with their whole heart. It wasn't just like, well, you know, I kind of believe I kind of don't know. Like, I believe everything that he said. And I believe in, in what he's told me to be true, that he's given me this power, that he's given me this ability. And we all have it in us. I mean, the catechism is full of stuff talking about confirmation and being sealed, that really when the bishop lays his hands on you, that he's confirming in mm-hmm. you the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the way that Jesus confirmed the gifts of the Holy Spirit by laying hands on the uh, on the apostles at Pentecost. And so we all have these things here and our abilities in our life. Now, we all have different charisms and all those things, and you got to spend time figuring that out. We give talks on that on our missions and things. But, I mean, it continued. Like, even even after Peter healed the one guy, then they believed. And it wasn't just the apostles 
and the people that followed Jesus that believed, it was the people who had never met Jesus that believed. Like they began to lay their sick out on the street, mm -hmm. hoping that Peter would just walk by and his shadow would fall and they would be healed. And they were. So it wasn't just the belief of the apostles. Their belief was so great that people who didn't even know Jesus, who, who had never even met the apostles, were willing to believe so, so badly that they actually physically drug people out in their shadows because they knew if, if, if they were in the, in the walkway of these people, they would be healed. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about a great faith. And it's one that so many of us don't have. And I believe it's really why we don't see some of the same things that are going on that. Because right after that, too, the apostles healed tons of people in that Solomon's portico to the point where they got arrested, right? Like they, they came and pulled them in and, and started to flog them and all those things because all these people were being healed and they were starting to believe and they felt their power slipping. And as you know, the next things that happen is, you know, Saint, the deacons are, are instituted and then um, um, St. Stephen is martyred and that triggers Paul's conversion. And then Paul goes out to convert the freaking world, man. Mm -hmm. Like, it, because they believed in all of this and that's what we need. We need to believe like that again, not just to go to church and go through the motions, but really believe all our hearts what Jesus that Jesus meant what he said, and that he said what he meant, and that we can do these same things, that we can experience healing, we can help others. You know, people go, well, what about rising from the dead? Well, yeah, maybe you physically can't rise from the dead, even though I just have a, a book I just got on 400 saints that raised people from the dead that most people don't have never even heard about or know about. Mm -hmm. But there were 400 saints that raised people from the dead. Now, some of these people came back to life long enough to proclaim Jesus Christ for a few weeks and then died again. But they raised people from the dead, and it's documented. Look, but when you say that, okay, well, who are you going to raise from the dead today? Well, I'd be willing to say that I was raised from the dead, uh -huh. right? I was spiritually dead. I was laying in a jail cell about to lose everything in my life, and the Lord came and raised me from the dead, gave me a new life. That's what it is to be resurrected is to come to a new life. And that's what we're supposed to be doing for people everywhere out there. And so I want to read this, this, this last thing as we come towards the end of the show here. Um, you know, this is actually called the, the believer's prayer for boldness. It's in Acts 4, 29, 31. And it says, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And it says, and when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. That's what we're missing in our faith, man. Mm -hmm. Like when we don't believe fully in all these things, when we when we limit ourselves to our imagination, we go, well, you know, this is sort of getting Harry Potterish with all this sort of magic stuff going on. And when we allow that to creep in, and we don't just openly profess full belief in the Lord, then we're going to miss out on a lot of the prophetic things that He's asked us to do in our life. The gifts he's given us to help others come to healing, to help resurrect other people from their sin and from their mistakes and from their former lives. All this stuff that the, the Acts did, in, or the apostles did in the book of Acts, are real. And they're not just meant for them, they're meant for us. But we have to believe. So, how do we start to do that? We have to, to really start to listen to this verse from Acts 2.42. This is one of my favorite verses. And this is after, you know, Peter started to preach in that sermon, you know, first homily, whatever you want to call it. And it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. So you want to start really finding yourself in true belief, like full belief of the faith that you believe that if, G that if a mountain needs to be moved, it can be moved because Jesus Christ said it could be. Then we need to start first holding steadfast to the teachings of the church. 
we can't just pick and choose what we want to believe and say, well, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take that. I'm going to rip out these five or ten pages of the catechism. I'm going to believe that and throw the rest of it away. Now, we have to fully believe in everything, all the words of Jesus Christ. And when we do, we're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to start understanding that he's going to bestow us, has bestowed us with things that, gifts that we can we can really do the things he's asked us to do, right? And it's through him. I mean, so we need to hold steadfast to the teachings of the church and believe all of it, right? And give our whole heart to it. And as Bart said down there, say no to weird, man. Like, quit worrying about if you're going to be seen as weird or, or believe in this heart is weird. Forget all that because you're doing what the Lord has asked you to do. Two, fellowship with one another to strengthen our faith and belief. That's what it said, right? It was the, to adhere to the teaching of the apostles and the fellowship. We need to continue to fellowship with one another so that we strengthen our faith and belief. I don't mean just go play dodgeball. I mean be involved with our people. Be in community. Walk with other brothers like we're doing going around the country and building these places for men is so that they can have this fellowship to learn the teachings of the church, to be together in everything we need, the wholeness of a person met in these groups out there, you know, to strengthen our faith and our belief. And, and there's strength in numbers, Victor. I mean, we see right. that. When we're isolated alone, we're getting picked off by the devil. But when we're together, our faith strengthens and we're, we're stronger together. The last thing is it says in the breaking of the bread and the prayers. We have to give ourselves fully to the Eucharist. We have to truly believe that that's Jesus Christ in that bread and in that blood. Right, that it's transformed, that the priests have been given the ability to transfigure, right, and make those gifts become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And when we go up there to receive those things, we have to believe that we're, that we're receiving his strength and his power and his glory and his mercy and his hope and his abilities to, to, to give us the strength in the things that we need to do to go out and to heal those that need healing, to help those that need help out of their, their former lives, to be the people he calls us to be for our families and for others. And then the prayers. To, to, to believe that when we speak to the Lord every day that he's listening, and even though it may not feel like it, and even though you may have prayed the same thing 8 million times and it feels like it's never going to be heard or it isn't ever going to be answered, that God heals us, that he hears us, and that he desires our good. And like you said, not everything is his will, right? So you may be praying for something and he knows like, you know what, I'll give you that snake, it's going to bite you. You don't want that, right? You may feel like you do, but you don't, and I know better. So just stick with me. And if you'll stay joyful and if you'll stay believing in me and believing that I'm good and that I want your good, then you're going to see that it was something you didn't need in the first place, right? So we got to stay steadfast to these prayers and to the Eucharist and really start believing. The way the, the original followers of the way, the believers of the early church did, if we start believing like that, we're going to see miracles and signs and wonders like the church hasn't seen in forever. And other people in the world are going to be brought to this the way that those people were back when, when the apostles were alive, the people who were, who were so far away from any sort of this belief, as you said, this sort of turning on its head of how people lived, will come to a new understanding. And we need that now in the world more than ever, man. Just look around for a minute, and we need to call back to the morals of Christianity, to the beliefs of our faith. And in order to do that, we have to be people that, that truly believe with our entire body that what Jesus said is true and that it can be lived out through our lives. So, Victor, let's take all this to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, forgive us for our lack of faith. Oftentimes we think we believe, but we have forgotten what, truly, what that truly looks like. Help us to believe in you and your promises the way the apostles in the early church did. And Father, whenever we find ourselves struggling to believe the way we should, remind us to look back at the book of Acts and be inspired by the boldness of our brothers and sisters in the faith. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. 
To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.